This is the Michigan Travel Show. I'm Dave Lorenz. This week with guest host Nick Nurbin from Pure Michigan. And I don't want to do this on my own, so I'm on my way back home. I'm on my way the Great Lakes State is one of the most diverse states in the country. When you consider the people, the places, and the experiences, even the seasons. West Michigan is mostly known for its Lake Michigan shoreline communities, but there are wonders to explore inland as well. We call the Upper Peninsula the purest part of pure Michigan at any time of the year. In the Detroit region, any time is a great time to visit for indoor and outdoor experiences. And there are more reasons to choose Lansing as a place to visit than just as our capital city. We're exploring our great state of diversity next on the Michigan Travel Show. I'm on my way back home. Welcome to the Michigan Travel Show. I'm Dave Lorenz. And today with guest host Nick Nurbin. Glad to have you here, Nick. Great to be here, Dave. We are, are going to be talking about the various regions around the state that you should be able to visit at any time of the year. And, and you really should visit at uh, all the times of the year because we have such a really cool state. And and the thing is, you know, with our four seasons, you should be getting to all these places at every time of the year because mm-hmm. they do kind of change personality a little bit. So we're hoping that you get out to these places, enjoy them, and then go back again. So where are we going to start out, Nick? Well, four-season travel is a great time to visit. So there are different things to do. As you said, the character changes in places across Michigan during the different seasons. We're going to go to West Michigan this time to talk with Paige Bodine, marketing manager at the West Michigan Tourist Association, to talk about some of those opportunities. And Paige, you know, when I think about West Michigan, there's such a a wide variety of types of experiences, but one of my personal favorites is the Air Zoo near Kalamazoo. You've got all kinds of different aircraft in there from space vehicles to historic aircraft. Talk about the Air Zoo and how that really draws folks to West Michigan and what they can find there. Yes, of course. First off, thank you so much for having me on. The Air Zoo is so much fun. It has all these really cool spacecraft and aircraft, as you already said. It actually has the world's only remaining SR-71B Blackbird mm-hmm. and the XP-55. So that's pretty cool that you get to see these in a building, as well as they have an indoor amusement park, and they have rides there and all, all kinds of hands-on learning stations. So that's really, really cool. Um, During the summer, they have all kinds of educational programming, especially those summer camps, which is a great thing to bring your kid to, and lots of family fun activities um, at the Air Zoo. So it's really cool. My personal favorite whenever I go there is the flight simulators. It's really cool Mm -hmm. to feel like you're behind that plane flying. Yeah, that, that's a that's a really good point. And, and, and the nice thing about the Air Zoo, it's a great example of some place that you can visit any time of the year. Uh, I, I love that place as well, Paige. Um, in fact, I go to Kalamazoo a lot. My son lives there. Love Kalamazoo. Um, what are some of the other things that, that you'd recommend in the Kalamazoo area? Yeah, there's so much fun things to do. There's Bell's um, Brewery, Exciting Cafe. Um, one 
cool thing that they do if you're into flights and all that kind of stuff. They have the Field of Flight Air Show every single year. It's really neat because they have Air Force and Navy soldiers flying F-22s and F-18s in the air, which is really cool. And they have hot air balloons. Um, it's just a really cool event, July 3 through 7th. If you're more into maple syrup, <laughs> they have a yearly maple festival in March. So it's a really cool place where you can actually taste some maple syrup with some pancakes and enjoy live music and actually learn how to make maple syrup. So those are some really cool events that happen in the Kalamazoo area um, throughout the year. Well, maple syrup being one of Michigan's most popular agricultural products, another very popular agricultural product is wine in Michigan. So many great areas to go wine tasting. I personally love the Lake Michigan Shore Wine Trail, which is down in southwest Michigan along the coast from South Haven down by Papa, Sawyer, Stevensville, all those areas down there. And what types of opportunities are there, Paige, to visit and go wine tasting down in that region of the state? Yeah, on the Shore Wine Trail, it's really cool um, to visit all those local wineries. And it really is relaxing to be out there with a glass of wine, watching the sunset. Personal favorite summer and fall thing for me to do. Um, Some great wineries to explore there is Ben Valley Winery. They have all kinds of fun events throughout the year. And it's just a really amazing winery to visit. There's also 12 Corners Vineyard and Bardoa Cellars. And all of these um, vineyards have awesome live music throughout the summer, too, to visit. Um, So highly recommend that um, wine trail. Another great wine trail to check out in West Michigan is the Lulana Peninsula Wine Trail. Mm. That's another cool one as well. Um, The cool thing about that one is they have snowshoe tours, which is cool if you love being outside in the winter. Um, You can walk up to five miles on a private trail to different wineries, as well as there's a three-mile one for someone that doesn't want to walk as far. Um, And they have all kinds of cool wineries to explore there as well. I would bet that most people think West Michigan, when they do think about West Michigan, they think about the beaches. Uh, What are some of the beaches you'd recommend people go to at any time of the year? Oh, we have so many, from Sagatuck to South Beach Park in South Haven. One I'd love to highlight right now is Grand Haven because they are in a big year. They have, it's their 100th Coast Guard Festival this year, which is super exciting. It's an amazing festival, but the beach as well is super fun. Um, It's an easy walk from downtown Grand Haven, as well as it's easily accessible for those that want to get onto the beach. And they have an amazing lighthouse with a catwalk that you can walk right to it. And also, my personal favorite is the musical fountain. Um, You can go in the evening and watch all kinds of, they will have different themes. So the last one I went to was Disney themed. (laughs) So the music plays and the fountain dances. So that's just one of our many um, beaches around West Michigan. And yeah, we just, it's just so cool to spend a day trip or a weekend in the West Michigan exploring those beaches. That's a beautiful area, the West Michigan area. And of course, the West Michigan Tourist Association does a great job to tell us what to do, where to go. To find out more, go to WMTA.org. I want to thank Paige Bodine for being with us today. 
We're going to head way up to the UP next, right here on the Michigan Travel Show. the Michigan Travel Show. I'm Dave Lorenz along with guest host Nick Nurbin from Pure Michigan. And Nick, I understand we are heading up north. That is right, Dave. We'll head north of the bridge to the beauty of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan to talk with Tom Nemechek at UP Travel. And Tom, looking at the Upper Peninsula, there are so many unique things about the UP. One thing I've always been kind of really impressed by is there are over 300 waterfalls in the UP. And this, yeah. those stretch from right over on the Wisconsin border all the way to Tequamanon Falls. There are some spectacular waterfalls. So how should someone start going about planning a trip to see these waterfalls in the UP? Well, I would, yes, obviously the website, but they're all, you know, many of them are listed there. Uh, it's one of the most important things we have people really we look at our web traffic waterfalls is way up there um so if you look at it you know east west central how far do you want to go there's more of the waterfalls are central west uh but and also different uh you know skill levels let's say to get into them Mm -hmm. um many of them are right off the road i mean you literally can park your car and they're right there uh some of them have well-developed you know well-developed trails you could hike into one that might take 10 minutes, and you could hike into one that takes an hour and a half. So there's just different skill levels, and, of course, the settings are all perfect where they're, where they're located. Yeah, they, well, I tell you, they are. Uh, it's beautiful, uh, and there's something special about a waterfall. There's something, I don't know, relaxing, calming. And many of them are easy to get to, and that's the cool thing about the UP. Tom, I know we could talk about, uh, you know, like the trail experience forever, 3,000 miles Mm -hmm. of groomed trails in the UP. But I want to ask you about the cities, the towns Mm -hmm. of the UP, because I think people primarily know about the outdoor experience. But but tell us about the towns of the UP. Just kind of give us a a little example of some of the the communities and, and what they have to offer. Well, Marquette, you know, start. You can't. You have to start there. Yeah. It's the biggest of the community, the most vibrant uh, university town, uh, great selection restaurants, things like that. And of course, again, it's sitting on the shore of Lake Superior. You know, you go, you know, Sault Ste. Marie, uh, historical. Uh, you know, the important thing is they do all have a unique character because of the way they developed. If you go into the western part of the UP, they all developed because of the iron or copper mining. So that that flavor is still there, you know, in the buildings and the locations and the restaurants, things like that. Um, and so, you know, all the way down Escanaba, you know, on Lake Michigan has a whole flavor because of the fact that it's, uh, you know, it was big automotive type shipping coming in from their other areas years ago. So there's a little bit of a vibe for that because they have a port. Uh, so it's really each community has its own flavor and, and the flavor comes from the history. Uh, so it's uh, I encourage people to, you know, things have changed. There's a lot new restaurants, of course, like everywhere else. So it's a, a great thing to do is taking communities. Well, you know, one of the communities is actually 
kind of a ghost town these days. It's something I really enjoy visiting at Fayette on the Garden Peninsula, such a unique <laughs> part of the Fayette State Historic Park there. And that's, it brings up a great point. Outside of the unique preserved community with the historic buildings and everything that are right there at Fayette that you can come see how the, the uh, mining ore was smelted right there on the shores of Lake Michigan and then carted off by uh, sailing ships. But the state parks in the Upper Peninsula are spectacular. I mean, from the Porkies over to Taquam on Falls, all the way up to the tip of the Keweenaw Peninsula. The Upper Peninsula has some really remarkable state parks. We're really blessed with them, and we have to credit the DNR for the great job they do. I mean, they're, you know, you can use the word crown jewels, but I mean, they are crown jewels for us, and very well attended and visited, and they're surround, and they're part of the big attractions. They're there for a reason. Uh, the beauty that are right there within the parks. You know, Tom, uh, years ago, um, when when our son was small, uh, my wife and I tried to see the Upper Peninsula in a week. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it, it seems somewhat small on a map, but but when you're in the UP, yeah, it's not small, and there are so many experiences to enjoy. Um, how long would you say it would take uh, to 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 really kind of take in the UP, and and how would you recommend doing it? I mean certain segments of, of the UP at a time? I would. You know, we really like to think of it in thirds because it is, you know, it's very wide. It's not very high top to bottom or north to south. Uh, but I would say, you know, bite off a third of the time. To, you know, if you've got a week, uh, don't try to see the whole UP like somebody just said they tried, hmm. which they shouldn't have done. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, I know. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, because otherwise you're just you're just windshield time. Yeah. You know, we talk about the communities, we talk about taking in the attractions that are in the area, and if it's just windshield time, it, you're never going to get the flavor of the area. So you know, a third, a third, a third. Uh, don't don't try to see the whole thing. And really, I really wouldn't want you to do that. You won't experience any of it if you're just driving for a week. Well, and Tom, I'm sure as you have conversations about the Upper Peninsula, a lot of folks ask you about a, an Upper Peninsula delicacy, the pasty. And I know that a lot of our listeners probably are curious about how they can experience the pasties, or maybe they have, they've got their favorite places. But I got to ask you a critical question. Yeah. Gravy, naked, or ketchup? Well, you know, I'm a purist. So naked is the only way to eat it. And it better be a beef pasty, and it better have rutabaga in it. Yeah. Yes. And it, anybody thought that the miners went down there with ketchup packets. <laughs> you know, I, I was someplace, in, I mean, there's places now that say vegetarian pasty. Right. A, a, a miner, if he got down on the 30th level of a copper mine <laughs> and bit into it as a vegetarian pasty, it would be a bad evening at home. Yeah, I, I bet. <laughs> uh, so, so, Tom, you know, this program is all about the seasons of the state. It's such a diverse state, and, and we're, we're talking about, you know, visiting the state at any time of the year. Um, just talk about the various seasons and maybe something that you enjoy about the UP in the various seasons. Um, winter, even though it's full of snowmobiles and cross-country skiing, downhill skiing, snowshoes, I like winter for the quiet. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a silent sport person myself. I've done the others as well. But, you know, there's a deadening sound in the woods when it's loaded with snow. Uh, the other part of that is it's, uh, it's loaded with snow and the waterfalls take on a whole new look as they freeze in different sections. Mm. Uh, spring, to me, is late April, early May. 
uh, because the wonderful snow that we did get for the winter, uh, again, we're back to those waterfalls again. Uh, they take a level of, of rushing and roaring uh, that you won't see the rest of the year. So, you know, that uh, spring to me is waterfalls and, of course, uh, wildflowers, too, that are, you know, making their way and things like that. But And summer is all about adventure. Summer, summer is about, uh, you know, are you going to go kayaking? Are you going to go hiking? Are you going to go canoeing? Are you going to go biking? Uh, you know, outdoors as much as you can be, no weather issues. Uh, and fall is, you know, to put it bluntly, three out of five years, and we like to brag, uh, the USA Today readers have chosen us to be the best fall color in America. Yeah, I just wanted to so, mention fall, Tom. And I'm, it's one of the most spectacular times because you take that wonderful scenery and the shoreline of Great Lakes on all three Great Lakes there in the UP, and you combine that with the fall colors. It's a spectacular time to visit the Upper Peninsula. It's a setting. That's what we always tell people. A lot of people have fall color but it's about the setting of the color. And with our case, it's pretty rugged beauty with the Great Lakes and rugged rock outcroppings as well. Well, and I know that you can't always see the northern lights when you're (laughs) in the UP, but you have a pretty good chance uh, compared to a lot of places in the world and uh, maybe even better chance to see things like the Milky Way in places like McLean State Park or other places. It really is a spectacular place. I love the UP of Michigan, and it's one of the reasons why many of us call the Upper Peninsula the purest of pure Michigan. Tom Nemechek from the UP Travel Association, thank you so much for being with us today. Now, the website to find out more about all of the Upper Peninsula is Mm uptravel.com. What you're going to find there is not only information maybe about the season that we are in right now, but you will find information about every time of the year uh, and you're going to want to visit it every time of the year as well because it really is a very special place and you will uh, never forget your visits to the up the website again uptravel.com we're going to head to our biggest city next of detroit right here on the michigan travel show unique thing about pure michigan is that it's so unique and and the thing is that it's such a diverse state we really are such a unique place uh, diverse in people places experiences and even seasons and if you look at this state and if you were to kind of say okay regions are different as well it's true the different regions of the state offer different experiences Mm -hmm. and and that's i think really cool so when you travel around the state i always recommend that people try to find places as they travel around the state that appear to be different from where they live because then you i think have a better understanding of um the state itself but maybe of other people too and how they live and and i think by doing that i think you better understand yourself Mm -hmm. that's the great thing about this wonderful state and and that's one of the reasons why i love this state and nick where we're going to go to next 
Well, we're going to head down to downtown Detroit, Dave, and the greater Detroit metro region and talk with Jennifer Petrus Olinger of Visit Detroit. And Jennifer, you know, I lived in Mount Pleasant growing up, and I remember my dad taking us down to Tiger Stadium at mm-hmm. the corner of Michigan and Trumbull, oh, as yeah. Ernie Harwell always so eloquently articulated. And I would always be wide-eyed at the city of Detroit, at just the scale and some of the things happening down there, the environment, the vibe, everything. But Detroit is much different than those days. There's so much happening in the city of Detroit. The Riverwalk being the number one Riverwalk in the nation, all those things. If you had to talk with someone from Mount Pleasant today, what would you recommend they start with when they come to the city of Detroit? Oh, my gosh. Hi, Nick. Hi, Dave. Thank you for having me. Um, Wow, there's so many things, Nick. But I think, you know, a great place to start off, whether it's wintertime or summertime, is, you know, to take part in one of the amazing tours that you can really dive into and learn not only about the history of Detroit, but a little bit about the direction that the city is headed in. Um, There are daily walking tours, there are daily biking tours that you can take of the city. Um, At any given time, you can see dozens of cranes in the air and hear about some of the new and interesting projects that are going on in downtown Detroit. Um, But definitely head to our Riverwalk as well. Um, our Riverwalk is absolutely amazing. Um, they've got festivals and programming throughout the year, um, especially at parks like Belag Park, um, where it's a fun place to go for families as there is a big playscape for kids to enjoy, too. You know, Jennifer, I've mentioned to you before that I'm in Detroit a lot. I mean, a lot, yeah. almost every week. And it seems like every time I come into town, it's changed again. I mean, it seems to be constantly... Mm-hmm getting better and better and better. And it's not just the construction. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's just the vibe of the town. Um, and, and I love that. Part of it might be because I'm a sports fan, and Detroit is such a sports town. Tell us about that. 100%, Dave. Um, you know, d- the spotlight has been shined on Detroit because of recent successes with some of our sports teams. Um, specifically the Detroit Lions, but that spills over into all sports. And Detroit is lucky enough to have four professional sports teams play in the heart of the city, which is a little bit unique compared to other cities in the United States. Um, we call it the 543 within five blocks of each other. We've got four professional sports teams that play in three amazing stadiums or arenas. So um, at any time of the year, you can catch a sporting event, um, whether it's spring, summer, fall, winter. Um, someone is playing a game in Detroit. But not only that, other sports things like um, trying to go see Detroit FC, which is our soccer team um, that plays in, in Hamtramck, um, as well as, you know, if you're a baseball fan, going to check out the Detroit Tigers is great. Opening day, it's when the city sort of wakes up. But um, also more other opportunities to check out baseball, like at Jimmy John's Field out in Macomb County is a great intimate venue um, for families to go enjoy sports. Well, you know, you, you think back to the days of Hockey Town when we first uh, yeah. had the, the, Detroit, the Detroit Red Wings really winning multiple Stanley Cups within a short period of time. And that helped to put Detroit as a sports town kind of back on the map. They've been winning championships in all kinds of sports for decades. But one thing that's interesting about bringing folks back downtown with having all the major sports downtown is it's really helped to grow the culinary scene in Detroit. There are so many fantastic restaurants. There are great bars and clubs. 
Talk about some of the nightlife and some of the culinary opportunities in Detroit and how that's really helped put us back on a national and international map. Yeah, um, the list just came out for 2024, and we have several James Beard-nominated um, chefs and restaurateurs throughout the city of Detroit, which we're really excited about. Um, that's one of the things that people, when they visit Detroit, um, are a little bit surprised to see how extensive and how unique our culinary scene is. Um, but, you know, whether it's trying Detroit-style pizza um, at either Buddy's or Shields downtown or taking um, in a Coney Island hot dog um, and do the challenge is find out what your favorite place is. Um, rooftop bars and restaurants are popping up all throughout the city with some of this new construction that we have going on. So, you, you know, to sit back, have a cocktail and look at the skyline of the city is a really fun way to, to spend an, an evening with friends or family. But we also have a new restaurants um, all throughout the city, from whether you like East African food, French cuisine, a real good hearty steakhouse. Um, we have a really emerging, amazing culinary scene. So if that, that's your thing, signature cocktails, Detroit's a really cool place to come and check out. We're talking with Jennifer Petrus Ollinger, the manager of domestic and international tourism with Visit Detroit. And Jennifer, as you very well know, Visit Detroit certainly uh, covers the Detroit area, but also basically the entire three-county area uh, in uh, the region. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the personalities of uh, some of the the towns, some of the, the communities in the area. Yeah, yeah, at Visit Detroit, we're really proud to represent 138 communities in southeastern Michigan. And, you know, those range from, you know, small rural towns to to some actually really big communities that people are surprised might rank in the top, you know, 5, 10 population throughout the state of Michigan. You've got everything from what we call the western suburbs in Novi that has um, amazing um, facility and suburban showplace collection that has a lot of family-friendly events. Um, we've got the Pontiac area, which is an amazing place as well, um, that has the M1 concourse. There's a real car culture there and also an emerging small downtown. Um, what you would think of quintessential Main Street America in towns like Rochester that still have a very really walkable um that downtown Main Street feel you can find there with lots of great restaurants. Um, Outdoors, kind of rule out in Macomb County, um, where you can do everything from, you know, uh, picking fruit at various orchards um, to enjoying the waterfront along Lake St. Clair. Um, It's got a real sort of a water town vibe, which is not unlike other communities throughout the state of Michigan, but that's sort of our escape when we want to go um, you know, take a dip or to go on a boat is the Macomb County area. Well, and you, <clears throat> many of the communities in the Metro Detroit region are connected by the water. And in yeah. downtown Detroit, the Riverwalk along the river you mentioned earlier, you know, I remember seeing recently Al Roker down there talking about how the Riverwalk had been named the best Riverwalk in the country for the third year in a row. And yeah. then recently, there was the Riverwalk was officially connected to Belle Isle. Yeah. And so now I believe it's five and a half miles, if I'm not mistaken, from the Renaissance Center all the way up to Belle Isle. What does it mean for the city to be able to ride your bike or walk or run all the way on the Riverwalk to Belle Isle? 
It's really amazing because we call it from bridge to bridge. So actually it goes all the way um, now that it's completed um, from the Ambassador Bridge up to the MacArthur Bridge, which connects over to Belle Isle. So, um, you know, once you meet the end of the Riverwalk, you've got a chance to go on to Belle Isle and sort of enjoy everything that the island has to offer. But it it's really special for us as Detroiters. Um, it gives us access to uh, the beautiful natural beauty of the Detroit River. We get to look at our friends from the South um, <laughs> into the, uh, in Canada, which is a good trivia question for all you out there. <laughs> um, but um, it's a beautiful river walk that offers lots of activities, whether it's these small little areas that provide um, breaks for little cafes and dining or um, chances, like I had mentioned earlier, to take tours. Um, there's actually a walking club that's on the riverfront every single day. They've got great T-shirts. It's a real place for the community to gather. Well, your next trip to Detroit, uh, I will recommend to you that you should check out some of the alleyways. Make sure you check out the Detroit Institute of Arts if you've not been there for a while or if you were just there yesterday. Head in there again. It's that good. Uh, And, of course, we have to mention the Henry Ford and Greenfield Village and the Rouge Factory Tour and everything that the Henry Ford does a really special place. Our number one attraction in Michigan when it comes to places to visit, uh, a really, really special museum that um, if you haven't been there for a while, I'm telling you, uh, it's constantly changing. They have different exhibits they bring in. And uh, this is a place we should all be proud of. You should check it out. For more information, go to visitdetroit.com. Our thanks to Jennifer Petrus Ollinger for being with us today. We head to Lansing next here on the Michigan Travel Show. It's the Michigan Travel Show. I'm Dave Lorenz, along with guest host Nick Nurbin from Pure Michigan. And let's see, we've been uh, talking about uh, the western Michigan area. We talked about the Upper Peninsula. Mm -hmm. We talked about the Detroit area. How can we not talk about the central area, the capital city area, the Lansing area? And I know we're going there next. That's right. Right in the middle of the mitten, Dave, we're going to head to Lansing and talk with Julie Pinkson of Choose Lansing. Julie, a lot of folks know Lansing as Michigan's capital city, but maybe they haven't visited the Michigan State Capitol hmm. itself and Heritage Hall and all of the history of Michigan in Lansing. What is the best way for folks to look and where should they start when they want to come experience Michigan's capital city? Well, gosh, where to start? Thanks for having me and uh, happy to answer all things about the Michigan's capital region. You know, it's really been an exciting time for the Capitol building itself because they have opened up Heritage Hall, which is a whole new visitor experience uh, opportunity for anyone who comes to take a tour or just connect with legislators at the Capitol. So it provides a lot of history. It provides opportunities to see archivists at work, um, you know, doing repairs and preservation on Civil War battle flags. You can watch that happening in Heritage Hall, and the tours are free, and it's been a great uh, entry into the history of the Capitol. Really exciting time as uh, the Capitol has been going through over the last year, uh, renovation of the dome. The, The Capitol is 
is featured over nine acres of decorative paint in the building. Hmm. So that if you think you're looking at a marble column, it's not. It's Michigan white pine hmm. that's painted to look like marble. So they have taken wow. the dome and have been renovating the, all the paint and the detail work throughout the entire dome. So they're right now, um, over the time of course of the project, have been putting 40 tons of scaffolding up the Capitol Dome just to do this project. So it's going to be a great opportunity for everyone to reconnect with the beauty of the building and have everything freshened up and also do the work that, that needs to be done in terms of preserving and making it last for generations. So we look forward to welcoming everyone to coming out to see the newly refreshed Capitol building. Well, Julie, I have to tell you, I always thought that was marble. Whoever did that work (laughs) was an incredible artist because I've been in the building many times. I've always been in awe of the beauty of that building. Mm -hmm. And it is certainly worth a visit. Um, You know, the other thing I always recommend when people come to downtown Lansing is to go to the historical center. And something that, I had just recently learned about is the archives there and how you can learn about your family history there. I was really impressed. So that is a hidden treasure um, within the capital city. The Michigan History Center has the Michigan Historical Museum, the State Library, and then the State Archives. And the State Archives has genealogical records going back for you know hundreds of years where you can trace your family i know we can all do that through technology and apps now but then it points you in a direction where the resources at the archives are, allow you to dig in and look at the actual documents and see some of your family heritage and people do come from around the country to do that uh, in our michigan archives and having that complex there with all of the history and all of the the information that built michigan from um, paleo times into the current times is is really presented in a hands-on interactive way that that I think everyone is would enjoy and conveniently um, it's not for uh, there's no charge on weekends so it makes it a very good weekend uh, destination well Julie when I think about recreation in the greater Lansing region I think about the Lansing River Trail such a great resource for the community and for visitors alike you can visit all the way up into the Michigan State campus area, all the way down through downtown Lansing. How does the Lansing River Trail change the way people visit Lansing? That is a great question, Nick. You know, the River Trail is one of Michigan's few urban trails, and so it started out as a 13-mile trail that did go into Michigan State University's campus. And now, through great partnerships and uh, available resources, it's connected to our communities that surround Lansing, and mm-hmm. it now goes over 20 miles. And so wow. it goes out to um, to the south end of uh, Delhi Township, which is into Holt and Mason. And so it's really a great opportunity to see the entirety of our of our community. And really exciting that a lot of it passes through many of our attractions, like you said, Michigan State University, but also goes past and through our Potter Park Zoo mm-hmm. and fronts the river itself, the Grand River, Michigan's longest river, um, many, many points uh, throughout the trail. And in the summer, what's really exciting is um, our Lansing Art Gallery puts out Art Pass, and it includes 20 uh, installations of sculpture over the summer months that... Um, our Michigan artists that 
going to have their works along the trail. So not only might you be biking or walking, but now you are enjoying art along the way, and they do artist talks and have lots of connectivity to those that come out to, to see that. So that's been a wonderful tradition that's established in the summer. We're talking to Julie Pinkston from Choose Lansing, the uh, Convention Visitors Bureau for the uh, Greater Lansing area. And, and Julie, I have been so impressed with what you and the organization have done to uh, make the community available um, to the disabled traveler and folks who are disabled from the community. You've done so many things. Uh, and I think about uh, like the Wharton Center, for instance, and at MSU campus and how they um, make adjustments to make their, uh, their especially musicals, available to persons um, with certain disabilities. I'm so impressed. Can you tell us some things about that? I absolutely can. Um, I'm very proud of this community and all that's been created uh, to wel- be welcoming to all that, that come to our community. We started with a lot of work related to those traveling on the autism spectrum. And the Wharton Center for Performing Arts was a key um, promoter of getting that started. And so that program then allowed everyone else in the community to say, hey, we can do that too. We can create all these opportunities for people to come where it's not just one thing on one day. But you can find things to do here that meet your needs um, almost any day. So we try to promote that and encourage that and develop that and look for new ways to keep connecting We've also done an inventory of all of our properties, um, hotels, restaurants, and attractions to just provide information on our website, lansing.org, that talks about accessibility for each of those locations and what is kind of that know-before-you-go information. And so that has already, we just launched that in December and, or October, and it's already been used by many people to just help plan their visit and provide those details that, you know, people that travel and have certain needs that have to be met just makes their planning a little bit easier. So really proud of how the community has adopted this, and we are certainly not stopping or not done in any way. Oh, it's very impressive. Can you tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit about some of the communities um, in the region that we haven't talked about? Mm, Yes. So I think Come fall months, everyone might that goes up north uh, from passing through this area might be very familiar with St. John's, Michigan and Uncle John's Cider Mill. That's a great smaller community that surrounds our region and part of our a strong part of our region. But we also um, have a lot of great opportunities in Grand Ledge. Did you know that you can go rock climbing on actual ledges? And that's not something that you'd think when you come to an urban destination that in a 10-minute drive, you can be rock climbing uh, along a river. So that's been uh, right there in Grand Ledge. a great opportunity for people to find those hidden treasures in our smaller communities. It's so cool. There's so many other neat things in the region. You should really go to the website, lansing.org, and check it out. So many cool things in the capital region. Thanks to Julie Pinkston for being with us today. Thanks to Nick Nurbin for being guest host. And I can't wait to talk to you next week, right here on the Michigan Travel Show. I'm on-